Hey, welcome to the Interracial John Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Mack, and I'm joined as always. You know, I'm, I'm very white guy, but I'm thinking maybe someone on podcast land, like I don't know who does like sound effects and like different things, like Ricky's pretty good with it, and I know like Clovis, maybe one of my, my buddies could do something. I want like a, like I'm always joined by, and I want one of these like very white guy, like you know those like monster truck, like Sunday, 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 like have this like movie trailer, like very white guy, and like shit's blowing up. That'd well, be, you're very white indeed. That'd be even whiter. That'd be even whiter. Having like, have like monster truck yeah, rally. Yeah, God. yeah. You're talking about You could just do it. You sounded pretty good. All right. Maybe I'll work on something. Yeah, work on <laughs> something with that. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Just search Interracial John. That's J-A-W-N. You can go to our website, interracialjohn.com. We'd love if you'd subscribe to our show on either <laughs> iTunes or Stitcher. Helps us out quite a bit. We're also, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Paris where you'll find our monthly cooking show, The Cooking John, and all that's at Interracial John, again, J-A-W-N. And we love feedback. feedback. Yes. You can leave us feedback a number of ways. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if it's five stars, we will read it here on the air. You can also email us, interracialjohn at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voicemail at 657-JOHNERS. That's 657-J-A-W-N-E-R-S. If it's under three minutes, we'll play it here on the show. And shout out to Rod and Karen from the Black Ahoo Tips for our general feedback rules. We had Karen on the show last week. She was fucking amazing. Epic. Uh, Sick. I, don't, I hate saying the word rant because that sounds like it's like not no. like whatever. No. But when she got rolling. She just fucking, she nailed <laughs> a couple that shit. Of times, I, love I was it. like, yeah, I had all those things. I was like, it was a really like serious show, but I was like, Karen's coming. I'm not talking about some bullshit with Karen. She's coming. We're going to get into it. Yeah. Um, a couple, someone on Twitter, I think it was uh, BLU up front. It's like, no, no, no. You just got to like, yeah, you got to let stay her out go. the way. Let her just go. Just let her cook. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Rod's very good at that too. So anyways, but shout out to those guys. And thanks to Karen for coming on the show. We have some great guests coming up um, this coming week. We have have a Think Pretty Smart from Whiskey, Wine, and Moonshine. The following week, we have Edson Sean, who is a recording artist and also a childhood friend of mine. I'm really excited about that. And the week after that, we have Clay Rivers, longtime listener, first-time guest. Really excited to have him on. Hey, Clay. And this Tuesday, the Cooking John's back. So that's, that's going right. to be really cool. Um, we did get an email. We did? Yes, we have uh, one I, email. I, I, was, I, like, I like when people write in, uh, you know, so send more emails and, and voicemails. I, yeah, we like them. We like it. Uh, so subject is, hey, y'all. Yeah. Uh, tried to leave a voice message, but I think there was a snafu. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I follow you both on Twitter. This is from at Outstanding WC. Just Shout wanted out. to wanted to wish Leslie a speedy recovery and thank her for all the work she's been doing regarding hashtag slavery with a smile. I've been following this issue since that horrible pie book was released in 2015. White publishers clearly have a thing for enslaved folks making baked goods. <laughs> the, for real, that's like mm. it's not just slavery with a smile, but like something about the the intersection of like baked fucking Desserts, treats and yeah. shit. Yeah, hit some sort of like something. slavery sweet spot or something. Yeah, like need, she said they're neat, or he said they say. Um, their need to sugarcoat slavery in Kidlet is an ongoing concern for me. I'm an auntie. My young nieces and nephews are the demographic these books are geared towards. Books are powerful, and they know that, yet somehow excuse that very notion.
notion when telling our stories, black stories and black history. Again, thank you, Leslie, and very white guy, a.k.a. Drew. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. I'll and thank you for that. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, lots of stuff has even developed since um, I last talked about it here. And, and uh, we did do an entire episode of Ferguson Response Podcast last last week or two weeks ago about it. And um, we are continuing, you know, uh Scholastic had like a bullshit ass statement they put out that try to make it sound like they changed the they changed their mind all yeah. on their own. We didn't do like, it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. This, it wasn't uh, a response to four days yeah. of us like hammering. We them could have done bullshit. a uh, this week in apologies with it. Man, it, really, it wasn't. They didn't an apology. even apology. They didn't no, apologize. it was basically like you know the same like oh we're just really glad we started this dialogue. Man, fuck you. So, dialogue. Uh, but yeah. anyways, I, I the uh, there's a group of uh, women of color that we're going to be actually meeting this Tuesday to develop our next steps in the slavery without yeah, a smile. Scholastic, this like sort of you know per- perpetual like oh slavery wasn't that bad like it was okay right like they, they treated them pretty good they well had, like, interestingly enough they put in that last bullshit statement they had some very specific language about why this book wasn't fit for their shelves and we are going to be looking to apply those standards to, to other books, books. Okay. that they have on the shelves already so yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting anyways be be, be on the lookout for more from that um uh, and we also had uh, two people guests. The soundbite that did. we had, yes, from the TV I can't show. Believe it. You don't still have the soundbite, do you? I do. Let me okay, find let's it here. Uh, boop, boop, well, I'll tell who the two people are. Go on, go on, London Tone. <laughs> who wants on this bitch? So that is Gus uh, Guster from. Um, Psych. Burton Guster from Psych, and they went to London, and, and um, Dulé Hill, who plays him, is actually, he's of Jamaican heritage, as I am, and so he has an amazing Jamaican accent, so he did this whole, like, Jamaican, <laughs> Jamaican inspector. Yeah, he was, he was playing, it was a, it was a play about the Jack the Ripper. Right. And he was playing the inspector that was like, you know, <laughs> so he runs on stage, he's like, on stage, he's like, wagwan, wagwan, who wants some inspector? And so the first person that guessed it was um, Aunt Fernet, and so they, uh, they will be receiving a t-shirt um, but sometime in the future Aunt Vanessa. yeah yeah so we're, we're gonna, gonna put a, we're put a pin in that I promise it'll happen we have it we I'm have just it. not gonna, get it it's not gonna be like tomorrow don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, but don't like kill us if it's not yeah. like if it comes this summer <laughs> it'll saying. be before the summer but it might not I, be before I, the end of the month I don't know I don't we'll know. see what we'll happens we'll see uh, but uh, another person Pearl Bailey at Tall Girl G-R-L um, did I was like oh my god she's like she guessed it. And I said, "Yeah, you weren't the first person." Sorry. And she wrote back, "Ripper, leave them <laughs> prostitutes alone." Because that was and I said, up. "You know what? You get a fucking t-shirt too because that's so good." Ripper, ripper, <laughs> leave them prostitutes. Leave alone. them prostitutes alone. All right. So, anyways, so that's really funny. So, and that'd be like I don't know if it's a Hulu or who, who has Psych, but it was on for like seven or eight. Yeah, seasons. I love that show. It's so and good. it was uh, who's the guy that didn't um, James Roday? I know. I thought the people behind Psych were the same people behind like Veronica Mars or something. Was no, it? No, is it? Veronica Mars? I don't I think it's remember. Veronica Mars. It was a decent team of folks. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. I loved the it show. Good. It was on USA, so I never got a whole lot of play. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But that's a good, like, guilty kind of fun being Yeah, watch. if you guys haven't watched it before, it's good. Uh, and funny. Um, so, I was sick last week. Oh, like, fuck. That, you got, like, some... That, I don't know what I got. You always get sicker than I do, but Yeah, you but this was beyond. I don't out. remember large swaths of last week. I just was like... With a fever, like on the couch, just not moving for days. It was pretty bad. My voice went. It's still pretty like deep right now. I could go really deep. 
Yeah, I can go deeper. I don't. Um, I don't say this like lightly, but you looked like shit. I did, man. It was terrible. <laughs> I couldn't like see. Horrible. I couldn't breathe. It was horrible. So that's why the show is so late this week, um, and we have so much like to catch up yeah. on. So first, last Sunday we went to Flint um, to bring water there and to make some connections with local organizers there, which was, um, you know, was it was tough i'm not gonna lie like i i just like i i feel like you know the situation there i think people don't quite understand like how bad it is and you know i was talking with somebody today about it and i was saying that you know the thing i don't think people quite realize is like you have to first imagine that this is already uh incredibly economically challenged city no Um, uh, for real we were at the place we're unloading the water the the neighborhood there i I don't want to say I haven't seen. I mean, it was like like favelas. It was like you know, like there was so many houses that were burnt boarded out, boarded up. up. Yeah, I mean, you but know. You know, the thing is, there's lots of cities like that, towns like that in Michigan right now. I mean, yeah, it's this, it's, 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 it's very you know, it, it's very sure. indicative of lots of things. I mean, we talk all the time. Fifty percent of all black folks in the, in this state um, are living Under in a city that management. has emergency management, and th- that's when you see these these. Um, economic situations and certainly geographical ones as well. But um, so I guess I was trying to say is that this health crisis in under, let's say, a uh, quote unquote average city, which would have some poor people, some upper class folks and, and a good number of, of middle class people is one thing. OK, because you're talking about a good most of the populace would probably have health insurance of some sort that wasn't like Medicaid right. or Medicare. Right, right, you right, would right. have um, infrastructure built in. You have like urgent care places and like lots of things that would be able to bear the brunt of a health crisis that. Um, this this city doesn't have. No, there's no infrastructure. So it's it's, uh, it's 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 beyond just the the you know it's already was dilapidated and crippled economically and and um this just is is a I, I don't even know, I don't the, even know what to say. Part about of it. the intersection of that's probably the you know environmental racism. Component, Absolutely, it is. You know, and it uh, yeah, there just isn't a whole lot of infrastructure to handle with this stuff. And I think the more that we're hearing now, I think it's getting you know it's not getting it's it's made national news but there's more investigative journalist and freedom of information stuff coming out yeah and you know i don't know if it was most recent but someone last week that snyder fucking knew and so he's been saying oh you know we didn't know this we didn't know it's like there's a whole what did they know and when did they know it and what did they do based on that knowledge right Right. and we know that this is a a community of of mostly you know poor folks and you know 57 percent black and so obviously that plays into if you knew things before and you didn't act there's this question of like was that because this is a predominantly black and poor community so the piece that came out recently was that he fucking brought in like big ass fucking like water coolers like the big like five gallon like blah, 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 like machine deals mm-hmm. and put them on every single floor right fucking next to that drinking fountain at the state house yeah in, yeah. in, Flint, in Flint in Flint right so the Flint mm-hmm. government workers he knew he's like whoa yeah you know 10 months ago January of 2015 a year ago yeah shipped fucking water in and that just again that that honestly that tells me everything I need to know, but it's like of course you fucking knew this. Yeah. So anyway, so um that was, you know it's it's and there's a lot more work to do. I mean the water is just the tip of the iceberg. I will say that um I coordinated another delivery yesterday, um, which was 
which went well. They had canvassing. They did some door-to-door deliveries, and there was a community meeting. So I think that went really well. And, you know, I have lots of other plans in place, some folks coming out from New York in a mm. couple of weeks and some other things. So. There were some interesting logistical pieces, like uh, just buying water from Myers. Yeah. You know, having to, like, talk Which to someone. Which is a and, problem as well. Uh, you know, if, if we can get it somewhere else, sure. And no, not just Myers, just generally. Like, you're thinking about all these stuff that's going on, and we have pieces of capitalism that are profiting right now. Sure, of course. Off of, of the course. purchase of this water nationwide. Everybody's buying fucking water. And it's 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 crazy to me. You know, when you think about the commerce that's happening, it's good commerce in terms of the people. Like, they feel like, what can I do? I can send water. I can buy two cases, three cases, whatever. People are filling up trucks and warehouses. I think 50,000 um, gallons came from Philly last weekend and, like, all these different places. And then sadder still is that the the dis- distribution of the water is completely, like, so racist, so classist. It's completely missing. Well, that's why um, we went. Of course. But I'm just saying that... All of these mechanisms that are happening, and it's like most of it's not even making it to the people. That right, and I, I need was it. even thinking more just like you and I, like personally, logistically, oh, yeah. like that was fucking crazy. calling the place up and yeah. trying to get the people, and like, oh, do you have any on a pallet? And like, yeah. oh, you've got on a pallet. Can you use your forklift to put it on the truck for us? And then like, not like I'm not a I'm not a truck driver. Like I don't know about right. like weights and balances <laughs> like and shit. Balancing shit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm putting the Talk. water on. Mister, he, he, he should have known he that shit though. But so the two things, a couple of things. But so when they're using the um, hand truck, the hand dally to move the one pallet which i guess weighed thousand plus pounds at least it uh it broke the u-haul like the metal plate on the floor of the u-haul couldn't take all the weight on the one little metal like the dolly. Bar or whatever. well the the hand cart to move a pallet it's like a thin little like two like, uh, you've like seen two it little before. like things yeah, yeah like two, two little forks, sticks yeah right. so it's got each of those sporks has maybe four wheels or three right, wheels right so right. each of those wheels has hundreds, hundreds of, of pounds right. and right. it just went plonk right through the metal thing. oh well had the insurance so that was okay and they asked me about it i'm like that had the insurance that's why i paid why them we paid that 14, 14 bucks, bucks a day dudes. so that was kind of strange and then we put all the weight uh at the front so that we could load afterwards like we put the pallets at the front and then like so there'd be room to put the other shit the other, we, shit, the other right? water we the bought and all that. we took out mm-hmm. the stuff but so something about the way the weight was distributed, taking turns, like I don't even really, like, I haven't told you fully, like, just how, like, I don't say scary it was. I bet, I could literally, me and Dr. Miss ass were driving behind you and I was like, man, I don't, this doesn't, mm. <laughs> so I'm a little. I, there's probably a, a like, a, a weight limit for the actual truck and then there's definitely a weight limit of, like, you do not have a commercial driver's license. Right. How much, like, weight can you drive? All right, let's keep drive? that to a minimum. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we were pushing it. We were pushing it. It was like, you know, 8,000, how many pounds? It was a lot. But so I took the one turn uh, off of the belt line. I shit you not, the whole fucking truck was like, swoosh, swoosh, like, to the side, swoosh. like, left, right. Yeah, because, like, the water, like, moves oh, around, Oh, my God, you know? it was nutty. It's and like then, the, again, I don't know, maybe it was someone that drives trucks will know better than me, but so the, the weight balance distribution, when I was going uphill and it was, like, a lot of weights so and, like, flooring it trying to get you know it didn't do more than like 65 at its best but as it's going uphill it would do this like and the and the weight got this sort of like weird like a bounce to it and then it would get into like an oscillating like standing waves it'd be like and the trunk's like bouncing and shit and i'm just like this does not feel good at all <laughs> it was a it was a, a fun trip though i'm glad we got it done well i don't know if it was fun but no, it was, was good to go it was good to get I, it done and i really needed to have some out. personal contact with the organizer that we're supporting there which was good and um continuing to support the important work she's doing and we'll continue to do so you can go to fergusonresponse.org to support our work there um and thank you everyone that did support our work and like you said there's yes, thank you know, you lots going on that and, did. 
Uh, we'll we'll continue doing stuff. And now that we've got kind of the, like I said, the logistical kinks working out, I think we can make other trips if needed and do what's needed. Yeah. Um, and, so if, the, and and if you are somewhere and you're looking for a way to uh, connect locally, if you're looking to come and help or, or looking for ways to help, definitely reach out. Um, you can just hit us up on Twitter um, at Leslie Mac or at Ferguson Resp, and I'm happy to connect with you. On nice. That. So you went to a concert this weekend? Yeah, my, my younger brother was in town. We went to see uh, Humphrey McGee's because I know you hate uh, hate Humphrey McGee's. <laughs> a little too heavy metal for you. So bad. It's like talk. heavy metal and jam. No yeah. thanks. But they had Josh Redman on the on the, uh, on the horns. It was good. It was a good show, and uh, it was cool to see Wing Stadium. I hadn't been there probably in twenty years. I think I saw a fish there in like ninety five. Was the last time I was at the stadium. Wow. And uh, it was kind of nice. They had a little VIP area for us, and I went a little bathroom and bar and. It was nice to hang out with my brother. It's good. Spend some time. We had a good funny. time. We had a really good time. That's awesome. Yeah. We got we, it was some shenanigans. Of course. <laughs> a little bit of trouble. I just uh, expect nothing less from the Italian <laughs> boys. But, um, I, won't, yeah. I won't go into the full yeah, shenanigans details. Just leave the details. shenanigans details yeah. out of the podcast. Yeah. We can move on from there. But I'm well, glad but you he, got to go. And I, we talked a whole bunch and we were talking about uh, our upcoming trip to Jamaica. And he reminded me of something from our last uh, anniversary trip to Jamaica that really cracked me up. Right, we were uh, somewhere sitting, I think, upstairs uh, at the one res- at the one villa with the rocking chairs. Yeah, and the phone was down by the pool, but the speaker was up with us, and we got the Bluetooth. Right, so the speaker's playing music, but the device to like change the channel and the it's all, all it serious. Like elsewhere, it's all serious XM because right. that works out of the country. Right, and. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it was playing, uh, and he reminded me, Where is the Love? On oh, right, repeat. that Johnny Hathaway song. It yeah. played it for like two hours. Oh, my God. Where is and the it, love? And the weird thing is it, it's a Where satellite, right? It's love? a satellite. Like, how does a satellite have a glitch? Like, glitch like that. I don't know. It was and, crazy. And, and it kept restarting it. No, kept, it was worse than that. It kept playing a about a 30-second bridge over and over and over again. But it was the 30 seconds at the end of that song where they're literally just going back and forth. Where is the love? Where is the love? Like over and over and over again. And it played for like an hour and something. And finally somebody's, somebody's like, like, what the fuck, fuck is, is where is the love? What, what version is where, this? What is still, going on? Where is the yeah, love? Yeah, because sometimes they have like an extended, like, you know, yeah, this went the, on the LP, EP version. It was weird. I was like, nah, this is something else. <laughs> and then it we became like a, fucking a cruel it. joke. Yeah. And then uh, like in my family, like we want to do, we, uh, we mock folks with shit and uh so my brother matt who uh he here singing on some of the uh songs here on our our uh, five star review our five star reviews our so he's, he's singing where's the love all week long <laughs> like like all week long he won't stop I, I really do think there's like bruh i love you but if you sing where's the love one more fucking time i'm gonna fucking straight punch you i swear to god we're brothers and all but god Damn it! Shut up with the fucking. Where is the love? Where is the love? And like it was like a punchline. He'd be like, "Where, Where is, is the, the love? love?" Like all the time, all the time. It was too. It much. was funny though. So that was a good joke. Reminiscing. Reminiscing. Yeah. Yes, that was good. You told me about. I I, I want to say a post on Facebook that was unbelievable, but you know what? It is. No, it's, it's not unbelievable. It's, it's actually typical. like ridiculously hilarious. So this report came out. Let me let me actually pull it up because it's kind of funny. Um. Here we go. This report came out and it was about um, white Christians not believing black people and their experiences um, with police violence. Uh, specifically, it, it cited in, in, in the, the report that was done. This is from um, Black Youth Project, BYP, um, that put the, the post together um, saying that 70% of white Christians do not believe black people when they talk about 
So the, there, there was a survey that was sort of like, you know, you know, do you think police brutality is a, you know, is a problem and is it, you know, more or less than what is, you know, believed or reality? So they're asking folks and then they broke that down demographically by like atheist and then yep. white Christian at one end. Right. And the people that are the least likely, the, the, <laughs> the most uh, cognitive dissonance belongs to white Christians, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that category, that uh, white evangelical Protestants, white Catholic, and white mainline Protestants. Oh, so it's even all religions. Okay. All the Christians. And what was the white Christians? What was the percent that don't believe? 70, 80%? 70% of white 70%. Christians. 70%. Okay, don't so believe. Don't believe. So it's, okay. for, it's a public religion research institute survey that had this, this data it. come out. So, you know, BYP put a little piece together and connected to a couple of other things and some reports they had. So I posted it. It's about religion. It's about racial justice. So I I'm with you. It that, that's good. That's good. Leslie yeah. Mac Facebook material. No, 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 it wasn't on Leslie Mac's Facebook page. It was on the Black Lives Review You Facebook page. Oh, okay. So it was like forward facing. It wasn't for me. It was from the, the collective. Okay. Of which I'm a part. So um, I posted it there. The very first goddamn the very first comment from presumably a UU, I think 70% is kind of high. <laughs> and are they saying that white non-Christians feel differently? And how much of a difference in perspective is generational? So just so we can... God be, motherfucking just, damn it. In case you weren't paying close attention, you posed an article about white Christians not believing black people. <laughs> and the first fucking comment is someone that doesn't believe I don't believe, believe their this. report. Yeah. <laughs> Slick. And, and do they are they trying to get like a little like a not all white people in there too? Like, well, I don't believe it because I'm Christian and I'm white and I'm not one of the seventy percent. The second person says, "Case in point." <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to that person. But I just thought it was hilarious. Like, really, Fucking I can't. A, it's like you can't even script this shit. It's like it writes itself. But like Ugh. seriously, like, oh man, white people don't believe black people. I don't believe that. I don't data. believe that either. <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you that? Me? I don't. Be- I don't even believe that. So how about that? Mm. Fuck me. Prove my point. This Thanks. Is too much. Uh, let's get into it though. The news is coming on. The news is coming on. So some exciting news for us technologically. <coughs> Periscope. The awesome uh, live streaming app has integrated with GoPro, and now you can uh, go right from Periscope. Uh, right from your GoPro and per- to Periscope, which is awesome. You just integrate with your Wi-Fi and your um, your phone, your iPhone. It's only on iOS right now. And it allows you to just post right from there, which is awesome because we're going to be doing that on Tuesday show. with the cooking show. We're going to switch. We used my tablet last time. We were going to use my phone this time, but now we'll be able to use our GoPro. And so I'm pretty excited about that. It's going to be pretty cool. Your wide angle. Yeah. And also, they also integrated... Um, <laughs> uh, directly with twitter so you now see the actual feeds on your twitter feed so they're like you can play the video right there rather and than like a link like yeah, but it's not clear periscope's owned by twitter right it's not even like a, they're not secretive of it it's just you know it's a twitter specific platform periscope but i think it's great that they've and uh the integration that gopro had with the iphone already existed like there's a level of gopro i forget which one where it doesn't come with a screen like in order to see what you're shooting you have to actually like sync it with an iphone and then your iphone becomes the like the screen. The screen, exactly. Yeah, but it's smart. It does it with both Bluetooth and then the um, iPhone's uh, Wi-Fi hotspot. Yep. Like, you know, the iPhone's got a little, like... It, like, tags to I'm it. I'm a hotspot. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's got a really good connection. It's super and, smart. And uh, it does... It goes in both directions. Like, I can turn the camera on and it starts periscoping. I can, from periscope, remotely turn the camera on. So you could, like, with a GoPro, you could fucking... Put your... Yeah, you could yeah. be, like, running it from wherever. Yeah. Like, the sticks all the way up there. Right, you right, be, like, right. Using your phone cool. to see what you're doing and everything. So that's pretty cool. That was badass. I mm-hmm. think it's smart for of them and it's not coincidental that they're doing those kind of 
uh, advances when now you've got Facebooks with yeah uh, Facebook Live, Live which is, and, people have been doing a shit ton of those. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to though. I, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm like opposed to it. There's just so many of those places now, and it's like, where are you going to use? Well, which I think one that you gonna- if you are a person that has like. 10,000 uh, Facebook followers, okay? Let's say it makes you a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because it pings all of them. Like, it goes on their timeline, which is something that all these other shit, like, doesn't really do. It goes yeah. in your, it goes up at the time, but it's not like, hey, by the way, you know, very white guy's going live right now. So I think it's really smart. Um, I just think it's it's limited on who it well, makes sense it, for. Because seems- if you only have, like, I don't know, if it's just your actual friends, like, what are the odds of them being on at that exact and watching time? And, and yeah. watching it. And then, like, in hindsight, it's, like, weird. Because I just feel like live video is meant to be, like, right then and live, you know, so you're talking to people and stuff. So it's, it's I don't know. I, I've I, seen people do, like, a, a really amazing job. Like, Ronnie Dean Byrne, she does, and she posts ahead of time, like, I'm going to be live tonight at X time, sure, sure, and she sure, does sure. a really great job, and they're really engaging, and I like them. But then, I don't know if it, I don't, I, I I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. So well, and I think most of what Facebook is doing nowadays is like closed loop shit. They want right. people inside Facebook Absolutely. on their own platform. Like we talked about how uh, is it Tyrese is fucking ganking comment, content to get like you know like the most viral videos, but then he uploads it to his Facebook group, so he's got more people following him now, and now they're linking to like his iTunes store. There's some kind of like fucked up shit that they're doing, but. Uh, I don't know. I think this is just yet another. Let's try to keep more people on and locked into a Facebook specific platform. But right. you know, hey, that's if they do it well, like iTunes and, and Apple does, like bully for it. So, uh, tell me, you heard about the uh, Black uh, Super PAC, Black Americans for a, a Better uh, Future? Is it the GOP Super PAC? Well, it's just Black Americans for a Better Future is the name of I've it. I've never heard of it. Okay, uh, it's a Super PAC, and uh, it's. Funded 100% by super rich white guys. Who runs it? Like who? I mean, I get who funds it, but what? what half a million do? dollars. Uh, FEC filings have shown they've, they've raised about uh, 400000 half a million. Right. Uh, 96% of it, uh, the vast t- total from uh, billionaire hedge fund manager Robert Mercer. Okay. And uh, also includes Scott Keller of Investment Properties, Mark Stanley from Goldman, uh, Vincent Colbert, Peter Bowe, Anthony Parker, a few other folks, but all white dudes. And uh, so far, I, I don't want to say like, I can't tell you what they're doing, um, but it appears to exist solely as a vehicle for Washington, D.C. consulted Rainer Jackson, uh, who is uh, African-American, uh, because he's quoted on the firm's website saying that you have fundamental right to pursue business interests with the least amount of interference from the government. So that's definitely a conservative then. Oh, yeah. It's, it's GOP for sure. So, I mean, it's black conservative Americans for a better future, presumably. Like, they're not funding, like, activists. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... It's not a pack that's meant to like challenge the system. It's a pack to give Reno Jackson a job. Yeah, of course. That's all, right? Okay. That appears to be. Okay, well, good for him. Let's, I'm not talking about that shit anymore. It's that's just ridiculous. crazy that the name is Black Americans for a Better Future. It's I mean, it's just like dudes. that whole um, Argentina. Uh, Argentine, one. I think the Argentina first thing one. I thought of. It's called. I, I, I looked it up. I couldn't find it. it was it's something like, like Argentines for a better. No, it was oh, no, Americans uh, concerned for citizens concerned citizens for a, for a better, better Argentina, Argentina is what it was called. And the concerned citizens for a better Argentina want their money. All hedge fund managers yeah. that bought Argentinian bonds on the junk market for like thirty cents and now want one hundred percent. And basically, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, like, but now the number they're looking for, Leslie, mm. it equates to like a sixteen hundred, like a one thousand six hundred percent return on their investment. Mm. Like, is that really? Is that? You're concerned for a better Argentina? Are you concerned for a 1,600% profit margin? That's that's bonkers. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Barbie got a new body this week. She she actually got three of them. What's that mean? Um, Mattel. Mattel has come out with three new body types for Barbie. 
uh, petite, tall, and curvy. So you can. They bu- begin January twenty eighth. They're kind of be sold alongside the regular Barbie, and um, it's pretty interesting. But why is, isn't Barbie already petite? Why would you need more petite? Barbie? Petite means like short. Okay. So they have the curvy Barbie, and she's got hips, and she's a little a little bigger. And then um, the tall one obviously is is more tall. And then petite would be like a very small person. Has anyone so like there's the you know you've seen I'm sure uh, it exists Barbie's actual measurements on a real woman would yeah. look like this. So I wonder if the petite and the tall and the curvy have been done because. Are they still like disproportionately like impossible women? I don't know if they're impossible, but they just have them through. They're going to be sold alongside the original model face with changes in beauty ideals, shifting demographics, and ongoing criticism of Barbie's impossible proportions. Mattel decided to remake the iconic blonde. The new body shapes allow uh, follow the addition of new skin tones and hair textures. They have lots of natural hair yeah, options yeah. now in 2015. Combined, the changes give Barbie a range of diverse looks that better reflect 21st century America. The endeavor was not so secret. The company executive code named it Project Dawn as in Dawn of a New Day so that even their families wouldn't know that Barbie was getting the most dramatic body transformation in her 57 year history the new body shapes will be sold online starting January 28th and will appear in retail stores later in 2016 yeah that's a it doesn't surprise me that it's a you know Part of it's like, okay, are they doing a good thing? And this is great. Like, maybe. I don't think it's all that altruistic. Mass customization is like, it, I don't say it's the new thing, but like companies and people that do mass customization, like look at the Converse All-Stars. You can well, go to a I fucking just mall. I think and- that culturally the Barbie doll has lost its shine. Yeah, it's not absolutely. Some, it's not absolutely. something that moms want their children to, their daughters aspire to aspire to, to not at all. or to desire. And so, of course, they're going to have to change. It has nothing to do with altruism. But, it's yeah. completely like a business I'm, decision. I'm saying that they're, 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 you know, on some level painting it as that, uh, that sounds, their press would obviously paint it as a... Well, that was uh, from Time Magazine. I don't altruism. think it, I think it was basically like they had to catch up. Like that's just yeah. 57 years you didn't change your shit and you're <laughs> supposedly like ma- modeling a woman. Like get the fuck out of here. Come on. Well, I'm smart on them doing the mass customization bit. Yeah, that's a certainly good way. I don't know Speaking how. I don't know how the. I'll look on the 28th. Oh, actually, it is the 28th. I can check it out. Speaking of uh, making money and changes, uh, I didn't know this, but Oprah bought like a ginormous stake in Weight Watchers, so she's been on the Weight Watchers commercials. Maybe you've seen Oprah's Weight Watchers commercials. I've seen them, and uh, she bought. Uh, it was a lot. It was like a 20 percent stake. It was a. It was a big chunk for like 40 or 50 million dollars. She invested a lot, and. Uh, the stock's been in the tank. It's like lower than it's been in like forever and a day. They've got all this competition from free shit like uh, what's that? My Fitness Pal and things you can do online that are completely free. But so uh, she has a new commercial talking mm-hmm. about her eating bread. Yeah. And uh, she tweeted, uh, eat bread, lose weight. What? Come join me. Weight Watchers. That Oprah. And uh, that tweet alone and that commercial alone jumped like $2 in the stock price. <laughs> And she made like twelve million bucks. Of course, she just, did. Like, literally, just being like, I lost twenty six pounds by oh eating God. bread at Watch What. Wait, no, you, no, this is even crazier. Her birthday was this past weekend, and I was on Instagram. I follow her Instagram, and she had a box hold it up, and she goes, "Oh my God, the best birthday gift ever! Eight loaves of fresh gr- seven grain bread." That's, literally, I, honestly, though, I'll say literally, this. Literally, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. Holy shit! O- Oprah. Oh is, my gosh. She's on other level. No, yo. no, no. When it comes to 
brand oh, yeah. and specifically vertical integration. Oh my god, she the queen. Like dude. all the therapists, queen. was like, oh look at this. The she queen. had like one picture of some flowers that Cecily Tyson sent her, and then this fucking bread. Yeah, her integration is so good that like the one time somebody on her staff tweeted like, "I love my iPad" or "I love my Surface Pro from my iPad," like it caught flack. It was like that. That's that's a big mistake for her. She's so good at that shit. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know. Her and I think it's a testament of the brand she's built, and I'm, I'm I, I wish that uh, Oxygen was doing better for her, uh, and she was able to do more on it. But uh, you know, good for her. Uh, but that's crazy that she that she's that good and she's that big of a powerhouse that she could go in like Warren Buffett style, and be like, nah, I'm gonna buy like a dump load of this company because I see where there's some value, and the only value that you can add is me, me and you can't afford me. That's <laughs> like um, on Shark Tank, they do that shit all the time. Yeah, quite it's like, true, yeah, you true. can have my money, but if you expect me to like actually be involved I in elevate this thing, we, yeah. we gotta have a whole other conversation, so... Not yeah. that I love Shark Tank, but I mean, I do love Shark Tank. Yeah, the stock went up 16% it's after crazy. those it was $12 tweets. million. Dollars. Yeah. All right, Oprah. She owns, she owns you, need point, more, you need $12 million more to fucking dollars. Girl. She owns 6.4 million shares of the stock. Okay, stop. I can't. And that's only 10%. So she owns 10% of the company. But Jesus still, Christ. Look what they got for that 10%, dude. Yeah. And, and she got it on the cheap. That shit was plummeting. Yeah. Now it's on the rise. Oprah. The Oprah effect. It's real. Like, uh, Midas touch, man. Yeah. Just touch it. You get a car. You get a car. And you get some bread. And you well, get I'll, some I'll bread. say this. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm a. I speak openly about weight and I'm, I'm up and down and I've been all over the place and uh, I've, I've lost weight a variety of different ways and uh, they have scientifically shown that the diet most consistently to help people lose weight is a, a form of Weight Watchers. Just journaling your points and or either journaling your calories because it's a at some level it's a pretty basic equation. Energy in, energy out, right? How many calories did you take in? How many you know calories did you burn during the day? And uh, journaling is a, a very uh, common way to, to really improve your uh, understanding. Yeah, and, I mean, and look, Weight Watchers has it been, been it around works. for a long time for a reason. It's definitely yeah, not. Yeah, true, uh, true, true, true. It, it is what it is. It's 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 the old adage of like calories in, exercise That's out, and, said, and, yeah. and you know quantifying that. So it's not a down on them. I just think it's hilarious. She does a fucking commercial about fucking bread and makes twenty <laughs> goddamn dollars. Uh, and she well, just and shits <laughs> like gold. It's ridiculous. And it's, obviously, it's like their bread. Like I, I I haven't had it in a while, but like Weight Watchers bread back in the day. No, was no, like, no. She says she has regular ass bread. The bread she was holding up was like some fancy bread somebody sent like some big basket and oh, shit okay. it was like like some like organic from the himalayas type shit and she was like going on about oh my god it's the best present ever bread I and, I, you know me i eat bread i, know, I, know, I, I love bread, bread I love but bread. i just think it's funny she had this commercial and now she's like putting up birthday people send her fucking bread for birthday presents now all right <laughs> oprah we get it bitch we get it so uh i think we have we, a new segment yeah This week in hashtags. Yeah, this week in hashtags. So I just thought it would be cool to let folks know a couple hashtags that we were using or I was seeing a lot. So one that was really cool, uh, I think it started on Tuesday, was support black podcasts. And if you check that out, it's like... I can't even tell you like a wealth of links and um, connections to amazing black podcasts. Uh, we'll put obviously all the links to these um, hashtags in the show notes, but hashtag support black podcast. And it was um, just kind of a call from black podcasters like, you know what? We're sick of all these fucking SoundCloud, BuzzFeed articles, like given shine to like the same four black podcasts and people really um, 
did did their thing, got out there and, and put a lot of shine on some amazing, great black podcasters out there. So that was really deservedly, cool. deservedly. So um, the other one is not a great one, which is Justice for, and I think it's um, Jinya. I think that's how you pronounce her name, but it's Justice for G Y N N Y A, which who is a sixteen year old girl who was uh, who died in um, detention center custody on. Ju- January 11th. She's 16 years old. She was found lifeless in her cell. Um, lots of really like disturbing. So many disturbing. So things. many disturbing. When, facts. when they knew that she was in pain and it needed care and left her uncared for, they're now saying that you know, there were, she was in her cell perhaps for hours. She and was in her she... cell for over an hour without uh, being checked on. Per- policy is every 15 minutes she's supposed to be visibly and vis- visually um, gone and, and checked on. When the, they found her in her cell, they waited 11 minutes before calling, uh, before starting. CPR. Um, where they called nine eleven nine one one, and uh, the person on nine one one is who said, "Hey, w- well, you guys have started CPR," and the nurse at the facility. You hear her in the audio say out to everyone. They're asking if we if we should start. They're telling us we should start um, CPR. CPR. Eleven minutes, and that's it. There's that, and there's th- I think that, and I don't want to like talk too much about it because it. It, it's really disgusting, but yeah. the number and ways in which the state mm. deemed her life so just callously worthless, yeah. not just worthless, but yeah. callously treated her life yeah. and in death because she was a, a, a ward of the state. Mm-hmm. They were able to just fucking cremate her without any fucking kind I, of she autopsy wasn't cremated. or barrier, she was just without any kind of, you know. They did a, a preliminary autopsy yeah, which said no death and they do have a um, secondary one that the tests haven't come back on, but they don't even know why she died. They haven't told anybody. They haven't given the family any videos of, any, of, of her time there. They also have a report out um, from the facility saying that she was put in a martial arts style or Aikido hold for refusing to take her sweatshirt off and uh, for one of these male um, guards that restrained her. Uh, you know, a martial arts Aikido style hold. Yeah. That. Is, that, is that is that a slick way of saying it wasn't a chokehold, but it was a chokehold? Well, was, I don't know. It might have been a chokehold. I just hold? know that there's plenty of ways to restrain 16 year old girls that don't like that don't require martial arts. Yeah, and, and I honestly, just I, saying. And there's this, you know, I'm really tired of this. Like, you know, don't do this, and then you won't get. You know, they're cops, and if you do this, you're gonna they're gonna kill you. Like, people have this reaction to. Uh, black death that seems to almost paint cops as like rabid animals. You can't like go near them or do anything. It's like your own damn fault. But her case, Sandra's case, so many other cases, when people are, are a ward of the state, even in custody, you know, you, the, the state is responsible for them. And the, the treatment they receive is just, it's aghast. It, and and it, it, to me, it's, it's those deaths sometimes that just, you know, the, the lack of humanity is just too apparent. To a parent, yeah, absolutely. It just you know, and it. it um, so today there sickening. was a there was a virtual vigil and actually a vigil in Elizabethtown, um, Kentucky, where um, this occurred. Um, that's where the facility is. They had a vigil tonight, or will be in like the next hour. And um, all online today, people were just putting up candles in her honor and stuff like that. You can check out my actual feed, um, but it's just as for G Y N N Y A and also hashtag Black Girls Matter. Um, it's the, the two hashtags her parents and her family is asking for people. To share, to lift up the story, and I'll certainly be on top of it. I'm in contact with organizers on the ground there um, as to what next steps would be. And the last one is this shit that popped up while you were actually gone this weekend. Hashtag defend black girls, you Albany at, at um, SUNY Albany uh, over the weekend. A group of black girls were assaulted by 10 to 12 white men. What? 
I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard anything about this. It ju- I mean, it literally just happened uh, last night, actually. Not late last night, I want to say, or late Saturday night. I think it was late Saturday night. Um, just after 1 a.m. Saturday. Yeah, so, you know, check it out. There's uh, a bunch of stuff going on. This is interesting because um, just last week, the Black Lives Matter Upstate New York chapter, which is centered in Albany, like, formed and announced formally and had their first action and then this happens the same weekend so there's a big rally tomorrow at the small fountain at SUNY um, if you're if you're from Albany or up there you'll know where that is and then there's actually um, a town hall meeting after that at 630. So this was like a mob attack of black women yeah, by and, white and men. I mean when you read the account from the girls I mean it's just fucking heartbreaking um, they didn't even they were like asking people for help and people were telling them to shut up and, and they were being called n-words and all these racial epithets were being thrown at them it's really terrible but um so check all three of those out so um to to stay on top of those current issues well i'm I'm just looking at this hashtag i, I this is totally new i hadn't heard any yeah of this no yet. you hadn't seen any of it i'm i'm gonna try and meet with the girls when i'm up in albany um at the end of the month i already reached out to them so we'll see what happens wow. with that I can't. I, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm saying I'm not shocked. Uh, I, I guess there's video. I don't want to see the video. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, we had we had a new one this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna just play, and you can tell me what you think is new about this. Okay. I'm sorry. That's not new. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's a double. This it's, bitch. Yeah, girl, please. And this week in apology. All we got together. All rolled into one. And of course, Julie Delphi is the, our candidate this week. Yeah, and you know, I almost feel bad for podcast listeners because this shit popped off like the day we recorded our last episode. Yo. And then she's been stewing on it. Like, Yo. we've been sitting here in the John household and she's like, oh my God, this fucking bitch right here. Oh like, my God. <laughs> oh my God. It's been a, uh, you could, oh my God. we should have recorded just this, like this oh bit, God. like about a week ago when it first I can't. came. First, let's just play her bullshit ass <sighs> comments to start with. Ooh. Oh, it's like trigger warning. This is some bullshit. <laughs> It's like ridiculous. So Julie Duffy was at Sundance and um, they had a, uh, I guess it was a chat. A panel. A panel. A panel with they do a, that after the movie. Yeah, with people that, with in a movie she was in. Um, and they, of course, got asked about the whole diversity issue, which has come up with Oscar So White. Shout out to Rain in April. Um, so this is what she had to say. Well, no, they, they were, yeah, okay, just play her They words. asked her about yeah, that. Yeah, play about, her words. About let, that. let her do this. Let her let her handle handle this situation, up in situations. What's interesting, I think, like you know, like a few years ago, I said something like that about like the academy being very white male, which is the reality. Mm-hmm. And I was I was I was like slashed to pieces by the media and stuff. But it's interesting that women can't 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 talk. Like actually, like I, I sometimes wish I was African American. You know. Whoa 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. <laughs> just wait a second. Yeah. For, First of all, breaks. first of all, before I even get into reading this bitch right quick, let me give a shout out to Kieran Culkin, who's sitting next to her in this panel. <laughs> and his, he literally, like his eyes, when she says that shit, like I sometimes wish I was African American, he looks at her, puts his hands on his eyes, and ducks his head down. Full on, just like no, this bitch. <laughs> really? no, this there, bitch. He didn't. almost looks like the cartoon version of like folding himself into the smallest it's, possible it's the, space. It is the most he's brilliant like, no, thing. She's not doing. This. I can't take no, my eyes off him because he's just like. And no. then Dave Devito's looking at her like, oh, 
Oh. Yeah, just fucking. Yeah. I wish I. No. Mm-mm. And and the second point I'll make is that as she says, you know, women can't can't ever say anything. Um, I wish I was African American um, because they don't they don't have to they don't get the backlash. But, but so what what about if you're a woman and yeah. you're African American? Yeah. What happens then, Julie Delphi? Or are we just a fucking figment of my goddamn imagination in this world? At least people don't bash them afterwards. <laughs> just come, Wait, stop, I just come on. Are you fucking? Are you sitting here telling me for real? <laughs> seriously, 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 telling me for real that when black people talk about fucking there's racism, no, there's no backlash. Shut the fuck she, they don't get up, bashed. Dude. She should come they to my goddamn mentions anytime I say God something. God damn, we don't God get bashed. Damn, when they they say something, you know, about a reality, which is like you know, we live in a xenophobic. Environment, right, not just the, the, you know, not just the academy, obviously, just the entire world. You know? Xenophobic? No, bitch. We talking about racism and diversity, and you talking about xenophobia. You no, know? mm-hmm. but like, uh, it's very hard for a woman to to open it. I think even hard. I, I think I think it's probably the hardest to be a woman because feminists is probably something that people hate above all. Like oh, I don't. I, I, I know we're not playing wheel of oppression, but Yo. I don't think feminist is feminist at the fucking bottom of that wheel. The bottom of that wheel. Well, actually, isn't the bottom of it? Never mind. Think it's ah, I'm not, worse I'm not even doing it. I really believe it's not. There's nothing worth. I, I, actually, in America, because in France, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Seriously, just stop, Julie. So I've already gone on about how ridiculous this bitch's comments are. She completely ignores the fact that black women exist in the world, or any woman of color for that matter, because in her mind, when she says women, she means white women like her. And she can't even think outside of her fucking self, even though her goddamn, the question she was motherfucking asked was about diversity. And what does she go to? Well, white women. <laughs> that question's about diversity. Well, white, white women. feminists have it the hardest. <laughs> I, I believe it. We have it the worst. But it's not in France, y'all. France, you cool. The fuck? So this bitch then, of course, that there was a huge backlash because people, uh, sane goddamn people, and Kieran Culkin were like, girl, please. And um, <laughs> His face, though. This dude just give fucking brilliant. I think I did a screenshot of it, and I put something on it like, girl, really shut up is what I put on it. Um, I put it up that night. Me and Merv were cracking up about it. Anyways, um... So she apologized. Actually, the Guardian says in the heading, Julie Duppy apologized for controversial Oscars diversity comments. Okay, so we'll just... Yeah, that was the beginning and now we're... I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's hear it. So here's what she has to say. <clears throat> I'm very sorry how I express myself. It was never meant to diminish the injustice done to African-American artists or to any other people that struggle for equal opportunities and rights. On the contrary... She can might explain this now. All I was trying to do is address the issues of inequality of opportunity in industry for women as well, as I'm a woman. Mm. I never intended to underestimate anyone else's struggle. That's the exclamation part with that one. We should stay alert and united and support each other to change this unfair reality. And don't let any anyone sabotage our common efforts by distorting the truth. Again, I'm so sorry for this unfortunate misunderstanding. People who know me 
know very well that I can't stand inequality and injustice of any kind. You know, I'm going to give this apology in a specific name. Yo. This is a Patricia. This is a this Patricia is Arquette ridiculous. apology. This is a Patricia Arquette apology. It literally, she's not even apologizing for the no, thing she should be apologizing yeah, for. It's exactly the same starting, thing. starting with same that. Thing. Then she goes on to say that really she was saying the right thing. We're <laughs> all right. fucking wrong. And we should all be together. The misunderstanding. And then the third is we need to be supporting her. Yeah, she I'm doesn't even you, acknowledge the I'm fact that she, she still completely ignores the fact that there are black women. Even in her fucking apology, she ignores the fact that black women exist. And you know what's funny? When she, not funny, but like in her apology, she was like, there was a sentence where I was like, oh, wait, here's she going to address completely erasing black women. Ah, uh, nope. She danced nope. over it. I'm a woman. That's what she goes back <laughs> yeah, to. I'm a woman. I'm a woman, y'all. Yeah, she that, gets a big fat negative a thousand from well, me. Well, I, I can't remember what our negatives were. Like oh. the word I'm sorry came up. <sighs> She wasn't she sorry. She for the right thing. She wasn't sorry for anything. No. She's like, I'm sorry you misunderstood me. That's not a fucking apology. You, she didn't what even really acknowledge meant. what she did. Yeah. It's not a fucking apology. I, I, again, I'm not sure if that's a negative. It's definitely a zero. For sure a zero. It's definitely a zero. No doubt. That's really... Zero, zero. Julie Dalby just... Zero. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> So the, the headline is this Chicago police officer plans to sue Teenager he shot and killed And I, I honestly I haven't read this fully And I don't know if I need to read this fully Like that's the lead Police officer sh- shot and killed a teenager And he's going to sue them He's suing the dead teenager's estate Alleging that LeGreer assaulted the officer and caused him emotional distress. He is dead. He's suing his family, his grieving family, for undue emotional distress that was caused. Honestly, the the shit cops do, like, it just doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't surprise me. In fact, Officer Ray, go fuck yourself, Albers, who pointed a gun. At, remember that guy in Ferguson? Yep. He got fired, and he sued. And I think he won. I think he won, like, thirty or $40,000 for, like, emotional and whatever distress because everybody hated him now. <laughs> Literally. Yep. He pointed a gun at somebody and said, I'll fucking shoot you. Go fuck yourself. And he sued him, and I think maybe won money. I, I can't remember the outcome of that. But, like, this just uh, – cops – Literally, like they're so fucking again. Like the person, this, this retort that like, oh, you shouldn't have done this, makes cops seem like they're like these like rabid, like you know, like trigger happy, like horrible. But like Drew, this is the incident where Betty Jones, the neighbor, was killed. And but why is the suit? Because he, why is the cop? Because his says- claim is that he had to shoot this kid, right? Because he was swinging a bat at him, even though that's not been released to anybody. He also accidentally shot this woman that killed, got killed at the same time. So, you going to sue her too? I just... But what the fuck is wrong I, with how these How is people, this lawsuit man? even like possible? I, I just... Who gets behind this? What... It's uh, a civil lawyer? lawsuit. I'm sure it's, it's a fucking FOP. FOP. Always. For fi- and this with is the again, bullshit. This is, this is um, Quint- Quintonio uh, Legrier. And yeah. He called for help. Right? He again, called. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, called 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was having an actual like mental yeah. issue. His dad was there. I mean, the entire thing is such a tragedy. And like for, for this cop to come out and be like, I'm the victim, it's fucking disgusting. I just can't understand how that's possible. Yo. And just like, I, like from a cop culture standpoint, that's the most disgusting fucking thing I've ever seen dude yeah. you shot and killed somebody 
and you're going to sue because especially because their general like line of thought is like we we're trained we take the hard choices we have to do what we have to do with our guns and like if you did what you had to do what emotional distress is there i'm just asking seriously it, it's either one or the other. Yeah, you don't either get it both you ways. Fu- either you yeah. fucked up and that's why you're emotionally distressed or you did what you're, did supposed, what you're to do supposed to and do you're and you're, you're fine. So you're I right don't about understand. That. I don't understand how you, you even make right this argument. That. That's fucked up. It's fucking ridiculous. It. It's still just so disgusting. It, like, look, just that, that's a headline. Chicago police officer plans to sue the teenager he shot and killed. <sighs> the fuck? I just like, there's like fucked up shit and there's like, fucked up shit that's like wow that's really fucked up that is the most fucked up shit i've ever fucking fucking heard unbelievably i can't I posted believe it. it on facebook and one of the comments was end of days are coming like it's a signal. it really kind of is yeah, man it's a signal it really fucking kind of is it's gross you're gonna be mad at me but i can't find my new soundbite what's it called oh no what did i do what was the the receipts yeah the beats? Is it? what did i do with it <gasps> here it is okay oh wait i got wait <laughs> we got receipts. They got receipts. Yeah, they got receipts. So uh, it's actually uh, that, that little bit of the songs they got. Yeah, I said they got receipts. Yeah, they got receipts. You're gonna make actually before we get started receipts. You had a receipt for me. Yeah, because you put in the notes because we were this new segment. They got receipts. We're gonna be you know going over somebody that has receipts. Stacey Dash is the one whose receipts are being collected in this particular show, and um, BET is the one collecting them. And uh, <laughs> you put in the notes. You're like, oh yeah, we got receipts, and then you put in parentheses, Bangles, B E N G A L S. We got the beat. <laughs> and I wrote first of all, it's the bangles, like a bracelet, not bangles. Second of all, it's the go go's. <laughs> so yeah, you, you got them fucking uh, <laughs> MDP receipts or something. I don't know. So those are your receipts. But uh, we saw a lot of receipt receipt clap backing. Uh, a lot of receipts this week. Yeah, uh, we, Stacey not, Dash. People were collecting them receipts. Well, on her we're ass. not going to talk about the the Kanye and fucking. No, Amber, I'm not but, even going. But into there was that. a lot of receipts there. Receipts all over the place there. Uh, with the, yeah, I made a mine and I'll post the mine. But fucking, like, first of all, I don't know when like MTV and BET started fucking like shaming, responding. yeah, like sh- like taking something that was on got, Twitter. I think, yeah, I think they got like a new like social somebody. media team, yeah, and they're like, yeah. nope, we gotta like capitalize on this shit and like <laughs> be talking about it. So they're, they're doing these little like like these ten second bumpers. little like bumpers, yeah. yeah, in between shows that are like just fucking hilarious, and they're they're straight from Twitter. Yeah, and one of them uh, this week was fucking <laughs> Amber Rose holding up her finger, right. and then there's all these flames behind it, and right. the little like bubble in the background says like you know Amber drops fucking Kanye's fucking secret sex blah blah, and then they zoom in on her finger, and the finger goes boop, boop. <laughs> it goes boop. It's too much. It's pretty funny. It's they had much. one after that uh, while you were gone because Kanye went out and was like, I stay away from that entire area was his tweet that he tweeted out. Yeah, then someone wrote back with a picture of Kim licking her fingers and shit. Just like that was Jack A. Harry. <laughs> Not just anybody. So she stay with the shade on Twitter. Follow her if you too can. Much, please, Jack, Jack A. Harry. She's hilarious. Too, too much. Too, too much. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, for those who don't know, Stacey Dash does some dumbass shit on Fox News per usual, including that, you know, we either for segregation or we're not yeah, for it. She, and, she thought and BET to, was separatist. And um, we what need to be fair. We, we, shouldn't have, we shouldn't have BET. We shouldn't have the NAACP Image Awards. We shouldn't even have Black History Month. We're Americans. That's it. Okay. So BET, like, immediately tweets out the thinking emoji with the, like, guy with his hand on his face. And so... 
and they tag her at real Stacy dash. Can we get our check back or nah? Hashtag remember. Hashtag you were on the game. Hashtag and we don't mean the rapper. And then a picture <laughs> of her in the game. Now I thought this was fucking hilarious. It had like forty thousand retweets. It's really hilarious. I thought it was super cheeky, really spot on, and just like yeah, bitch, what the fuck? You down and us on TV? Uh, we've been paying you. We'll what take the fuck are you talking about? Give us back our money. So I thought that was hilarious. Then. Then yeah, she went on like over a game the weekend. Call them BET and the game whack and shit. Well, I don't know anything about that. But then over the weekend on BET Jams, which just plays videos, they played every black video that state Stacy dashes in with the hashtag Never Forget. <laughs> they trolling. Trolling. BET got all the receipts for Stacy receipts Dash. like a bitch all through. They played um. MJG's that girl, of course. Kanye's all falls down. Rick Ross is super high, all with the hashtag. Never forget. <laughs> that, that and was- then they tweeted it out a picture of the show playing with hashtag Never Forget um, and hashtag Never Forget Stacy was the hashtag they used Too on Twitter. So much. good for I love that. That's a good. Well, that was our, uh, our our subheading when we were talking to Karen last week. Was that if Black Twitter had a. a the motto would be "We got receipts." Yes, <laughs> definitely. I think we're gonna have a lot of material for the two thousand. I already said receipts. that I have I have dubbed two thousand sixteen the year of the clap black. That <laughs> that is my call. You can write it down. Everybody, write that shit down. Two thousand sixteen. No, no, clap the, black. Clap black. That's what two thousand sixteen. That, I think is. that's the name of this episode. The, the year of the clap back. Year clap, the clap black. black. Yeah, I write that down. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, year of the clap black. That's that's two thousand six. Yeah. In fact, like, uh, like it's already, it's already January's ending today, and it's already like the clap black has been ridiculous all goddamn month already. Yeah. If if you if you if you and your family had like a you know like like rich ass white families have like shields and crests and tartars yes. and these kind of things. Yes. If your family had a fucking my family, it, first of all, it'd be like Aki and fucking like <laughs> plantains. No, it'd be and like shit. ooxtail <laughs> and like rice and peas. It'd be stew peas. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it would have mangoes. It would, it would have something in patois that would Coconut be like rum. she who has receipts. She <laughs> who has receipts. Out, mom, of, out of many, one receipt. That's out of many, one receipt. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a better title for this episode. Out of many, one receipt. Oh shit! So, in, in um, case people aren't, if you're not aware, oh. that actually is the actual Jamaican. Um, was it a state saying a motto? It's there, yes, yeah, the national motto. Like, it's out of many, one. One people. Out of many, one people. Yeah, so... Out of many, one received. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. You're fucking making me fucking laugh, dude. I don't know if people know that about you, but you're like the queen of like the internal joke, like one-liner. And like, I don't think anybody ever gets to hear half that shit. So it's really good that we kind of record on occasion. Yeah. But one day we were up in the fucking... uh, We're in Pennsylvania. We used to live in Philly. We're up in some little like Lahaska Village place. And uh, we're getting like milkshakes or something and we're sitting down and fucking dude rolls up on a fucking like straight up like replica like Terminator like fucking motorcycle like the big fucking yeah, like huge. wide wheeled fucking like he had leathers hog. on he had the black the leather jacket thing. fucking and sunglasses and you don't have to wear you know? a helmet yeah he's got no helmet on yeah. and he's just fucking like he's like looking like the term like straight up like yeah. the Terminator but and, hold on hold on <laughs> he's rolling straight up and I see him first I was like yo dude what's up with the fucking the, and he's, he's black so I go what's up with the black Terminator and he goes <laughs> Leslie without skip looks at him and goes I'll, I'll be, be black, black. <laughs> <laughs> I just died dude and that literally was like 15 years ago and still straight up to this day every once in a while so we leave him like I'll be black I'll be black <laughs> I'll be black anyways that was funny 
Yeah, I like it was a nice chopper. It was. It was. So I know. Listen, a lot of people have been wanting you to talk about this. The uh, Macamore. This Macamore white privilege to white whatever. Where's my hold up? White people, I get bullied in school. I can't wait till I'm a cop so I can bully you. White people, hey, 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 hey. White people. God damn it! Fucking white people. Uh, so a lot of people have, and uh, I'll be honest, I didn't um, for a while. Didn't listen to the whole thing, and I did see some of the discussion and commentary uh, from I was a people of color, uh, primarily on Twitter, and uh, then we did you and I listened to the song together. Yep. And uh, I, uh, you owe us, by the way, yeah. just FYI, folks. <laughs> I, I have an opinion, and I haven't read any of these others. You've got links to other opinion pieces. I haven't read any of these uh, here, but so uh, you know, it's kind of I don't say I'm like conflicted because I'm not. I think that it my overall opinion will depend a little bit more on like what ultimately this purpose was and serves. Like if it's just to make money or to, I I don't know. But so, you know, it's like, okay, he's talking about stuff. That's, you know, kind of good. And ostensibly talking to white people, like, okay, I think you wanted to play one verse for folks. So why don't we do that in case they haven't heard it? We'll just play this verse and people can get, get the gist. This is is the white privilege. Yeah. White privilege too. And this is just one verse. This is the verse you thought that you would want to expound on maybe a little bit more. So, about it. You've exploited and stolen the music, the moment, the magic, the passion, the fashion you toy with. The culture was never yours to make better. Your Miley, your Elvis, your Iggy Azalea. Make it so plastic, you've heisted the magic. You've taken the drums and the accent. You wrapped in your brand of hip hop. It's so fascist and backwards. The Grandmaster Flash will go slapping you bastard. All the money that you made off the water down. Pop bullshit version of the culture, pal. Go buy a big ass lawn, go with your big ass house. Get a big ass fence, keep people out. It's all stolen anyway. Can't you see that now? There's no way for you to even that out you could join the march protest scream and shout get on twitter hashtag it seem like you're down but they see through it all people believe you now you said publicly rest in peace mike brown you speak about equality but do you really mean it are you marching for freedom or when it's convenient want people to like you want to be accepted that's probably why you are out here protesting no think for a second you don't have incentive is this about you well then what's your intention what's the intention what's the intention Okay, and and that's I like that because that that's my question to him. What's the intention? Well, the, he he has said that that this song and certainly that verse in particular is him talking to himself. Even before he kind of whispers to himself, Ben, think about it. He's telling himself. Yeah, and yeah. then he goes into this kind of you know this whole expounding on like thinking in his head, like what the fuck, like what is your intent, like what's your point? What? So my and I, I guess maybe it makes more sense to say what my takeaway is. My, yeah, my takeaway what was that. I, I recognize maybe a little bit of like some of the like ally theater stuff. Like mm. it's like the joke is always comes to mind as like a, you know, male, a white ally and a male feminist walk into a bar because it's set so fucking low. Right. And it's like, you know, <laughs> a little bit true here. And, and I, but I, I, I really, uh, I, a lot of it, I want to say I empathize with, but I can, I can recognize because I've done the same shit. Like right. my, like what I've done on Twitter and how I use Twitter, it's evolved and changed over time. And there was a period where I was sort of like, figuring things out and was like okay what the fuck am I using this for this is kind of like alright this is like the following back this is stupid and like this and like, so like there's a there's like a learning curve and you have to be able to kind of like figure those things out on your own like the revolution is in ter- like the first revolution is from within kind of stuff yeah like I see I think what I'm seeing is him 
figuring that out in the space that he occupies, which is music. Right. And and I, I can't fault him for that. Like, yeah. okay, that's what you do. And, and I, like I said, I think, okay, he's talking about, you know, privilege rather than racism. Like, I'm going to teach you about racism. That's no, no, white person, thank you. You can talk about privilege. We're not going to talk about racism. That matters. That's, a, that's like linguistically matters. And so I think he's got that right. And ostensibly he's talking to white people, which I guess, or himself, which is good. But then it's like, okay, he's going to get an awful lot of, of either money or praise cookies for really like pretty easy, like, like speaking out is like not that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we white men yeah. get so many pat on the backs and especially Ugh. one that's got a little bit of a platform. Shit, one just happened last know? night, the fucking SAG Awards spotlight one um, at the SAG Awards. I don't do best picture, but they do best ensemble. So the big award is the cast wins of, okay. of a movie and spotlights cast one. So they're all up on stage and Michael Keaton has this little moment and he's like, you know, this movie isn't just about this, this situation, but it's about, you know, the Flint Michigans. And I went to like, and mentioned like six other communities that have been you know marginalized or whatever and you know anybody that's had to fight against you know a big powerful structure and blah 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 and this morning all the headlines michael moore tweeted out today michael keaton dedicates his award to flint no he didn't he mentioned the the word flint and like all these cookies like oh so amazing he so it happens a lot it happens happens a lot lot. and and, and i think mackamore even addresses that to a little bit yeah um, but you know, so on, on some level, it's like, here's an artist who's going to probably make some money, definitely going to get an awful lot of shine for saying the same shit black people have been saying forever and a day and, you know, but isn't really taking a risk. But when black people say it, they're taking a huge risk. If that makes any sense. Um, so, and again, I, I, I totally like, I, I resemble that. <laughs> I don't just like empathize and like relate. Like, you know, like I've seen it, like, like you and I, like, I could fucking literally take if people didn't know we were related and like I was your husband and like let's just say we started over I could take your entire timeline and retweet it and I'd quadruple the followers you have just because my handle's white guy right the, the ex- word for word the shit you say would garner me four times as many followers it's it's kind of fucked up and so I'm, on the one level it's like okay he's doing this and I guess that's good but I think like I said what's the intent and if it were and I guess he's got a website and he's got some shit about it and this is a single before his album so before you get into that uh subsequently jay smooth and color lines had a meeting together with the team that did this song it wasn't just okay ryan and um and ben macklemore himself but they had the person who sang the the kind of couple of chorus pieces jamila woods they had um a poet and songwriter named hollis wong Ware. they had georgia roberts who is an educator um they had martin friedman who's an anti-white anti-racist white organizer um with uh, people's into for survival and beyond they had evan flory barnes um and also um uh, Afemefule, uh, Aluo, um, Ijeoma's brother who played on the, on the piece, uh, Dustin Washington and uh, Nikita Oliver, all uh, another organizer, kind of like working with them. And, 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 um, so they, they all came into a room, most of them, and sat down with Jay and kind of talked for an hour about the song and the impact of it, like the process of putting it together. And it was interesting. I, I will put the link and I would suggest everyone watch the entire video. It's 18 minutes long, so we're not going to play the whole thing here. Um, but in the beginning, um, Jay kind of talks a little bit about the process that they went through. And I thought it was interesting because Ben says, you know, um, a whole thing about lots of stuff they had to just like, he wrote and he thought it was really, you know, amazing, you know, 
verses or whatever and he had to like throw them throw them away because they were like yeah that doesn't work in this context like it's not centering the right way or it's not doing it the right way and so I thought I thought that was interesting to hear that they knew that they couldn't write this piece in a vacuum without other people and people of color's input because that's like two white dudes in a room trying to talk about white privilege is crazy yeah, yeah. you know in a, for this kind of consumption, you know, not personally, but for, for, to make something for the, for the public to ingest is crazy. But at the same time, some of the things that it was clear that he hadn't grasped. And, and to me, the, he, he, it was very clear when he was talking about the processes that the stuff that came out of it was, actual realizations he had during the process of writing it. It wasn't like, oh, this is shit I've thought about for a long time. Sure. Sat That's how like his creative process. Right? Yeah. So my question is, you are a part of black culture, right? You're a rapper. You're in um, a, a field of music that is surrounded by blackness. And now is when this shit occurred to you? To sit down and write the song? You know? No, 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 no. Because it wasn't to sit down and write the song that occurred to him. It was these actual thoughts of like, what's your intention? Like now, now you think about that? I find it interesting. Well, that for the- somebody who, um, who would pit, promote or position themselves as somebody that's a part of a culture, okay, even though he's a white dude, but he, you know... I don't want to say he's down, but you know, he, he knows about the culture. He's pretty, pre- he's pretty ensconced in it. He won fucking best rap album, a Grammy two years ago over Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like it's interesting to me that now is how is, is that this is a moment where he's able to confront those things within himself. And I think it says a lot about how privilege works, uh, even uh, in people that you would think would have already confronted sure. their privilege. And I'll they you, haven't. I'll get, I'll tell you, I'm not going to say, I'm going to tell you why. That's not, I'm not trying to like white span it, but as a white person, the like, what's your intention? It's, it's not only something you don't ever really have to think about. It's almost like if your intention is like narcissistic and egotistical, that's like lauded. Right. You know what I'm saying? As like a white person, like you don't really have to think about like the impact of your intent on other people. If you're ever thinking about the intent, it's like, what's the impact on me? Right. You know? So it doesn't surprise me that that's like, uh, uh, it takes a, a long time to get to that sort of like, I mean, let, just real, you and I, like I've talked about other different actions and things I wanted to do in Cherry Hill when we were living there. And, you know, intent wasn't something that was the, very beginning and forefront of my thinking on that. Right. Like you had to kind of like, not necessarily lead me to that, but like you would ask questions like, well, but you know, have you thought about the intent? Like that's kind of important. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, I think as a white person, that's kind of like, I just like, maybe right. That's a, a, and I, a and I, and I guess like for me, the, the whole song puts out this, Posit of what's the intention, and my question is, he never answers it. That's my, that's, that's why I said I have, I have to see what. That's that, where that's I, why I lead it. with what's the intent on him, and I feel like if he's an artist and he's working these things out, and this is the space that he he occupies. What you've what I've heard, I'm okay with. What you've told me about his process, I'm okay with. I'd love to see the the response from this and what he does with it. Um, you know, lead somehow to like. I don't know, like, I don't know what I would like to see, but like all the money made off the single or all the money or the, you know, this portion of the money from the album goes directly to black led liberation organizing. Something. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, Something. Well, um, Jay did ask for questions on Twitter. Um, he asked people like, well, I'm going to be sitting down with Ryan Lewis and Macklemore. Do you have anything that you want to ask them? I, of course, had a question. Um, and he asked my question. Uh, let me read my question exactly because I don't know if Jay does it great. Exactly correct. Um, oh, yeah. I said, um, 
if this song, if this Macklemore song is for white folks, why are only black people talking about it? Asking for a friend is what I said. So uh, let's Fair. let's hear what uh, what the response was. So what what is your feeling so far about the impact and reception that the project has had? Honestly, haven't heard a lot from is um, young white people. Please. That's interesting. One that was one question I saw when we asked for questions on Twitter was why was this song made for white people but I only see black people talking about it. Is Bloop. that been your impression? Yeah, Ryan. So? White people Leslie are Mac like, wants to know. Let me see if this is okay to like let me um, and, and let black people be that like gauge of whether this is good for the world or not. Or if he should even be speaking on this or not. And mm. I'm just going to observe and not jump to any conclusions. Um, Again, wanting to be safe and not wanting to, to make a mistake on social media. So that's where I'm looking forward to. I can respect um, that. Is actually really taking this song to the next level and talking to youth about it and breaking it down and deconstructing it and, and processing. Actually seeing that this as a tool can, can be utilized. Mm -hmm. And in, in what form does that furthering the conversation take place? I think that okay. See that pause right there. That pause is problematic for me. Why is it problematic? Because it means they haven't thought about it. At no, all. he doesn't know. You're right. He doesn't have. Other, but it means that they have. I mean, I'm sorry, but you don't. He didn't make this song a month ago. And, and you know what though? But I'm, I'm not. So it's I'm, interesting. I, to I, me. I'm not gonna. You say it's problematic. I'm not gonna hold anyone's feet to their fire. You, people gotta be able to. You know, he says he doesn't want to make a mistake, and I respect that. But he's also gonna know he's going to make mistakes. Right. And he, and we got to be okay with him making mistakes and yeah. and you know try to do better. And but and, I think there's a mistake in action, and then there's a much more disturbing mistake in inaction for me. Well, and I, 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 and I, th I would say a little bit different what I'm hearing you talk about is to what extent has somebody thought everything through or are they kind of like doing this or that on the seat of their pants? No, because and to me what it says is he, he was content just asking the intent question. That's my point. And that's where, and, I, and th the fact that there's nothing beyond that is indicative of I that. Th what my, and I, I'm agreeing with you and I don't know if that's the case or not, but I think that the takeaway is a hypothesis would be the lack of anything long term in that regard would indicate or would suggest that the end result and the purpose was the song itself. Right. And I think if that's the end result, I, I, you know, I'm not really here for, you know, and like even the verse you played, like he's got a little bit of the, like he's calling out Iggy. It's like, you know, like, bruh, you know, like I'm not better than anybody. You're not. But better. he's talking to himself. So he's saying you're. Miley, you're Iggy, you're, uh, he's right. talking to himself in that verse. I don't have a problem with that because he's saying I, I am I, those I, people. I, I didn't get that. That's, didn't that's get me. That. I, I'm Iggy. I'm Miley. I'm doing, I'm, I'm a white dude taking up space in a black space completely. Like there's no way to get around that. Like I said, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on him for, Anyways, for not having finish long term. His answer, Jay, first of all, good on you, Jay, for that follow up because I appreciated it because he didn't answer my question at all. <laughs> so it was good that you went back there. So let's see what he actually <laughs> responds. That was, a, that was an awkward, there were quite a few awkward pauses in this conversation and it was uncomfortable in the room. This was one of them. That's what we had to figure out. I think that that's, um, that whether that's built into the meet and greets at our shows, whether that is um, some sort of um, conversation that we kind of structure around the piece itself. I know we've been talking about, um, but those are kind of some initial ideas that we have in terms of taking just it as a piece of music to um, it as, as a deeper piece to have dialogue around mm -hmm. with our platform. Yes, 
So, anyways, I do suggest you watch the the color lines um, video. It's it's quite good, and I thought it was very interesting. So, uh, final thoughts before I move on. I do want to talk about one other thing, which is um, DJ Older. Um, oh, so I thought, take, we're, I thought we were having final thoughts on Mac before we move on. We can, but this is kind of in the same vein of that. Okay. Because it's, it's talking uh, – th- this will be my final thoughts on All it. Right. So you go ahead. The I think that there's a good compare, – not good comparison, but uh, in terms of the larger society's acceptance and discussion and dialogue about – Macklemore and this song. Yeah. I think that A, it's appropriate. And mm-hmm. I think what I've been seeing has been well, uh, you know, reasoned and intended and really kind of good across both lines. Uh, I don't know if I saw that in regards to Dix and D. White, right? Remember when Dix and Because White, he's not a real person. I understand. So. But I'm saying, but look at oh, how. Oh, you mean the. the- just society. Criticism. Did, yeah. Just, well, but he wasn't taking up a black space. The thing about Macklemore is that it's very unique with Macklemore because he's a white rapper, okay, that is, is using black music and black culture and is successful with that. It's a very different... Um, Lens that's going to be applied you don't, you don't to think him. Dixon White was taking up? I guess I guess he was. No, dude. He's there, are, like there, the, there are no black people in fucking no. Ford 150 pickups talking trying about, to talk about whatever. white supremacy. Yeah, no, he was definitely that was his lane. Even though he made it up, it was still his lane. No, I mean, I, and I think that you're not going to see somebody apply the same things that they would to the critical eye. They're going to interesting because there wasn't one. The, no. the, the one again. I also think that that was a. Maybe the, the a lot of the discussion was primarily white people, mm-hmm. whereas this is primarily black people. Which I think is telling because what it, what it is is that, that white people were comfortable yeah. with a white guy in the white space yeah. talking about this yeah. and uncomfortable with a white guy in the black space talking about this. And let's face it, Macklemore's fans are white. Like, I don't know any black people that like him, just saying. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it, it's interesting. All the things you said, all these critiques and stuff, it's all black people talking about it. I haven't seen this. You're the first white person I've spoken to about it at all. Hmm. Have you had any any interactions with white folks No, no it? one's mentioned it. And they it, won't. But here's the thing. When that dicks and fucking horse shit came out, and like I say horse shit because I guess the, the content is okay, but like... Is it? He as an individual is a farce and I think that's inc- is not good and like he's trying to like use this platform to like mac on women and that's disgusting. Yep. Okay, let's be real about that. But when that shit came out, fuck me dude, people out of the woodwork on Facebook, on fucking Twitter. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Hey very white guy, look at this. Have you seen this? Look at this. Everywhere. Not a person has maybe not it. Maybe like Four or five people have sent me Macklemore or asked me what I thought about Macklemore. Whereas with Dixon White, it was 50. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's interesting. So my final thoughts are that um, in not just in response to this, but just generally this con- conversation about privilege. Um, Daniel Jose Older, who's an amazing writer. You can follow him on Twitter at DJ Older, and I'll put a link to this Storify that he put together, which talks about the five stages of confronting your own privilege. So he started off with five stages. He says denial, awkwardness, overcompensation, self-awareness, and number five, accountability. Um, so he's talking about how there's no, like, not, not a necessarily linear progression, and most of the stages overlap each other, and people get stuck. And they go back and forth. And cookies are not available at any level. And, and you can probably occupy bits of both stages and shit. Absolutely. And yeah. um, so Mia McKenzie, who's brilliant, and if you don't follow her, Black like, get your shit together, um, says, where's the action, though? Where's the leveling of the playing field? And um, DJ says, I think it's part of accountability. And I, as you know, consistently have this the same questions I ask white people constantly. And I said um, in this 
it's also in the um, Storify. That's where I was left wanting as well. These are my standard questions for white folks. <clears throat> I'm still waiting for a comprehensive plan from white anti-racists on how they plan to dismantle supremacy. Aside from educating other white folks, what is the plan? What are the concrete steps that white people can take to dismantle and confront supremacy in their schools, workplaces, industries, government, and communities? Though that's what I that's that's what number five is for me, which is like okay, because I think accountability should include action, but I think for the average person it doesn't, because what accountability means to most people is a very self centered approach to that. Like I'm accountable well, and, and you, I understand it, and that's the end of my journey. I think there's a there's a level of accountability that's like, and I've seen it as a paralyzing like. I need a black person to sign off on this. Like literally there's a level of accountability. It's like I'm not going to do anything unless black people are leading this, okay with it, involved with it. Right. And I'm not saying that's good, bad, and different, but I think mm-hmm. that can be uh, – that, that can have its issues and problems. But then, uh, you know, you're talking about like a plan and action and things to do. There's like a million things that I could think of that like could be done, but then like – I think, well, well, who's doing any of this? And what would I, as an average white person, think, like, as, as a, in the movement we've seen now, the current iteration of Black Lives Matter movement, the liberation movement, call it, if you have an idea, just go and do it. Right. And white people never, we as a people don't have that kind of thought. I think we're still, like, looking well, because, for this. Well, because it's not, it doesn't affect you. This is this is a fact that sure. matters. This is the real heart of the the real heart of all of this stuff is that you're able to not think that you can do that because it doesn't affect you, actually. And so it's not a life or death situation. It's not you don't see yourself being killed on the streets. Well, you don't see yourself being held I'm down consistently by society. So it's easy to be like, well, Absolutely. I'll just wait for somebody to tell me what to do. With black people, it's like, yeah, I can't wait. I can't and wait. Not only not only is it that, Leslie, but I, I always I don't say I keep coming back to, but I think of you know like I'm just I'm just a white dude. There's, you know, okay, great. Now what? Well, what are other white dudes doing? Okay, let's look around. Oh, okay, there's this group and there's that and there's Surge and okay, there's you know people I, I kind of care about and even would call like like friends like Chris Crass and like okay, and, you know, what are you doing? What's this person doing? And this isn't a knock on them, but the elders, the people that like I as a white person could emulate, their rank and file are predominantly of the like wake up more white people, right? You know, like I'm not saying there needs to be more like John Brown like radical white people like doing like. I don't know what the, the answer is. I'm sure there are like radical white people. I'm, I know that there are uh, radical individuals associated with like the black radical school of thought. Sure. And, like, you know, the, that contains plenty of white folks and uh, they've got some issues with you know, some of the mainstream movement stuff. And like, I get it. I know that those are folks out there, but that's not exactly like a template for a white person. Like, oh, here's a, here's a bunch of examples of how I can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that exists for black people, but there's, there's like, you know, like nine or ten different schools. Like, I'm not even like a black scholar, and I know that there's different like schools of thoughts within like the black, like liberation. You know what I'm saying? Sure, there like, are. There's, but there's Afro pessimists, and there's, you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's tons of different ways to be, but there's also examples. Just a, there's there there also is just a decision that you have to just be the way you want to be. And I don't like I don't I don't ascribe to a single school. I I, at I, all. I, I hear you, but I, I guess I mean to just say like there's. It's an awful lot easier to – I agree with you that it's absolutely a function of our greatest privilege and that like it's just not real to me. It's not, it's not my life on the line. It's never going to be my life on the line. And as a privilege, that 
has a, a lot of impact on a lot of things and most definitely on our straight up willingness to get serious and actually do work, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I feel like, you know, it's just a, this whole situation of Flint is a really great example of like white people should be just as up in arms as black people are. They aren't. They should be. I think they feel bad about it, but they're not willing to actually do anything about it. They're not willing to really look at this problem and, and attack it at the root, which is at the governmental level and demand things that need to be demanded. And, you know, you look at something like, I don't know, Burning Man. I'll just take that because it's a bunch of affluent white people in the desert. What if everybody that was going to go to Burning Man this year was like, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to Burning Man. We're going to Flint this year. And we're going to fucking put our boots on the ground and we're going to make ourselves available to the black leaders in, in, in that city and we're going to do what they need us to do. Where's that? Where's that commitment from white people? Liberal white people. Progressive white people. Where is that? Yeah. I'm waiting. We're waiting. I'm telling you right now. I mean, we're not waiting to get free, but we're waiting. I can't take any of you seriously. And I, and I say it all the time. Like, I just, I have a general side eye to all white anti-racism. I don't think any of you do anything. I've yet to see a single one of you be like, oh, all right. Like, this looks like something that's going to be, that's something. That's actually going to make some progress happen here. I haven't seen it. I just haven't. And y'all walk and, around and, talking about it all the and time. That's, and that's D- exactly DJ part says, of the problem. With DJ the- says quite specifically, the first rule of privilege is don't talk about privilege. The second rule is talk about it so much and annoyingly no one listens to you. <laughs> it's a fact. This is what white people do. Yeah. And I don't know. And y'all got to get it together, though. And I'll tell you, though, but not only is that all – I agree with you on all of that 100%, <laughs> but that in lie – there in lie becomes another – impediment and obstacle because no one has any sort of like like you're now asking white people i'm not saying asking but like the path for a white person you've got to forge it on your own you've got to like do all these things because there aren't there aren't really good examples aren't elders uh, but, that are like, but here's the thing is that you know you talk about this internal shift that's what has not happened for white people it hasn't happened i'll give you a good example what do you mean the 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 inter you you talked earlier a few minutes ago about how you know you have to have an internal movement you know something has to shift within you to make action possible right yeah so that hasn't happened for white people. It hasn't. I mean, I, you and I talked about this. This is related, but like tangential. It took me personally, yeah. you know, like some number of years, many of them, of interactions with your family and now my family, my black family, before I still had that like, you know, white person like, oh, I see a black person and I have this instant thought about, you know, and, and don't bullshit and say you don't have this that's the implicit bias that exists in sure. all white people absolutely you, you're you know if you took a black person and you dress them a certain way and you put them on a fucking you know street corner with you at a certain time somewhere you're going to have a, a a a feeling you're going to think a certain way and that process for me took like a decade to unbaggage right literally you know so i get it you know i hear what you're saying yeah but i i don't even think the conversations that are have that people are having even are meant in that regard it's just like a lot of like self-centered reflection and no actual breakthrough to anything beyond that. <laughs> and that's that that's that's where it just like it just comes off disingenuous. Honestly. And, and it and it is difficult to work with people because you're White people's approach to black people, even in this work, is so condescending. It's so fucked up. Le- Leslie, I'll give you an example. Today, a white woman reached out to me. She says Hey, is it okay if I connect you with the white pastor of insert whatever local liberal progressive white church you might have in your area, right? My response, yeah, sure. What for? 
Like, who are you? Why, why are you asking me? He's trying to sway the congregation with more BLM stories. Dot, dot, dot question. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> That's vague. I said, sway them to what? It's my question. To more racial justice feelings. Raising awareness. Feelings. So... More this, feelings? That was the answer? More feelings? Racial justice feelings. That's what they're trying to sway them to. We're trying, we're trying to get them Currently, they don't give a shit, and they're trying to get them to give a shit. That's, that's the gist of what she's trying to say to me. Now, here's the thing about this interaction is that her entire approach was based on this assumption that I was going to be excited that she and this pastor were interested in me. It was inherent. And everything she said to me was like, hey, we want to we talk to you. You should be excited about this. Bitch, I don't know you. I don't know your goddamn pastor. And I can tell you one thing. My time is infinitely more valuable than you have assessed it to be. Next time, just respond with your PayPal link. <laughs> just respond oh, with the listen, pay me Listen, you link. know, first, I don't talk to white people without getting paid. That's, that's a rule I have, <laughs> generally speaking. Because I know any time I spend with you, ain't shit coming from it. So at least you can fund the actual work that I do. So if you're white and you want to talk to me, even in a meeting, you're going to have to pay me. That's just, there's no like getting around that fact. I do lots of work that I don't get paid for. But it's not with white people. I don't do that. <laughs> so the, the convening might get some free work. This or that. Not yeah, white people. Not, not fucking white people. <laughs> no way. No way. So, but very white guys. But but it's it's just uh, th- these interactions are where I feel like you know where's the, where's the internal work that this white woman has done so that when she's interacting with black people, even in in this seemingly innocuous interaction that it's not with this idea that I am going to be so excited about interacting with yeah, her. I saw, I saw you tag, uh, I think it's black Amazon, um, in a dialogue that where she was basically saying like, I'm just fucking like sick and tired of working with quote unquote allies and people doing racial justice work that don't know how to fucking talk to black people. And, uh, you said something like, that's why I tell very white guy to Oh yeah, I, I said that. Um, that's one of the perks of being married to you. I just give you that look, and you just go handle it. Because I, nah, they don't, a they don't want me handling it, and two, it's way better if you do it because well, it's better for all of us. T- and you're right about, and I think that there's, you know, it, it. I don't know what level of work it would take for the individual that reached out to you to understand. Like, wait a minute. I'm assuming that they're going to be excited about this. I'm assuming that they want to work with me. I'm assuming that they can do the thing I need to be done. Like, like they're not going to get to that point. I don't know what needs to be done. I'll tell you this. When, when black organizers contact me, they lead with what it's going to do and why my time is worthwhile being involved with them. White people never lead with that it, because they don't even – there is nothing. There's nothing they can well, get and, to. But, and it's, it's interesting that the solution to their problem was you. Like, like let's pawn this off. Oh, on, well, on I, did do some, I did do some translation. So when she says, hey, is it okay if I connect you with white pastor of insert local liberal progressive church? The translation is, this white dude says he can't find any approachable black people here. And I thought, hey, I think I actually know one of those. <laughs> it's, it's like seeing a gazelle on the, it's like one of the big five, an approachable black right person. Holy so, so then my response is, sure, what for? Or my translation is who this man Harpo <laughs> <laughs> so, so then she says he's trying to sway the congregation with more BLM stories translation I don't know more black stuff <laughs> you don't have to translate more BLM stories <laughs> like just literally stories, stories just the word stories because I like to I like to put my pain on display you know, for that, white people that, that's so like just the, the hallmark of a UU church She's like, we're not, not a UU church we're, we want any liberal church we want to feel good 
I'm going to hear these good so stories. So me, of course. I go to a church that tells BLM stories. It's great. It's amazing. We're doing such good things. We're hearing we tell stories. We're hearing I stories. I feel. So I me, feel. My response was, sway them to what? Translation? Bish, please. <laughs> <laughs> Buh. Buh. Um... And then uh, her response to more racial justice feelings, raising awareness. <laughs> Translation: Nowhere really. Racial justice. We're not feelings. trying to sway them anywhere. More racial justice. Feelings. My response was interesting, but really, what I meant was: Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma I'm just leave myself and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I'ma get the care, cause I'ma get the fuck up out of here. I'm out. That was my final response. I, I, I literally have had conversations with like white, like again, like just liberal, like progressive, like whatever you use this or that, where it was like, you know, we're doing this work and we've got, you know, we're, we're learning about our privilege and we're doing this stuff and we're doing all this thing and doing that. And then somebody, it wasn't even me, but someone was like, well, yeah, but like, you know, are we going to change the dynamic? Are we going to actually like, you know, have black people in the pews? I kid you not. Like, I shit you not. I wish I could make this up. I, I really wish it wasn't so true. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not ready for that. No, no. We can't. We can't. We're not ready. We can't, we're, we're we, like, we can't talk to the black people. Not the we, black people. We don't know about our privilege enough. Oh, we're, we're we not, don't know no. enough about our privilege, We're not ready. Guys. We're, we're not ready. No, I wasn't no, ready. No, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Pineapples. <laughs> I was just like, God damn. Like, really? Oh, That's where we're at? Like, Lord. Like I felt like honestly, like in my mind, I didn't say this because I wasn't trying to like flame people at like their congregation or shit. That like, like, yo, dude, they're not like animals in a zoo. Like we don't have to fucking like. There's not like a not like, a little like secret. Come, come on, you know, we're just people. They're FYI, just fucking people, just folks. So you wanted to do a, a new segment about music? Yeah, well, you said you want to play more music on the show. I do like music. You like the music. I do, so I, I do, I So I thought we could pick, you know, some songs that we each are listening to. I, I picked up two a our, in, a, in a genre. Our purview. I just have one song, and it's okay. by this dude, Tori Lenez. I had never heard of him before, but he has a song out called um, Say It. And here's the original, um, because I'm actually, the, the version I actually want to share with folks is um, a live version he did on I think the Jimmy Kimmel show but here's the um, the original version okay. it's, it's a sample um, which I think is used really cool but also makes me feel super old because he's sampling a song that was like out when I was in college and I feel like if those songs are getting sampled it's problematic for me but here we go Good day. You gon' have to do more than just You gon' have to do less for you Tell mommy you know I Always want you to You gon' have to do more than just You gon' have to do less for you Tell mommy you know I You gon' need to do more than just Okay, so that's the original So this amazing dude Got Brownstone back together to go and sing the song live with him on Jimmy Kimmel. Tori Lane is. Lin- Tori Linez. Linez. Yeah. Um, which I think is amazing because they have not been together in 20 years and like notoriously are like, bitch, I don't like you. <laughs> so um, I think it's amazing. Like he was just like, A, just tells me they're making hella money off the song. So that's the first thing because he didn't just sample like the um, 
the like melody. He used their actual voices on the sample. So I think that means they get quite a bit of royalties from that. Um, versus just the, the songwriter. Okay. Um, they may have okay. wrote it for all I know, but versus just the songwriter. So. Oh, it's Lanes. Thanks, Jimmy. Nice. I think I think it's just such a great cover, and I just think it's such and a it, sweet, it's it, such a cool isn't song. Isn't it about twenty years when stuff kind of comes back? Yeah, a little bit. And first of all, Brownstone—they sound fucking ridiculous. Like the Jimmy, record, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, like all their right. harmonies are on point. I hope they get back together and release a new song, a, whole, a new album, and go on tour, and we can go see them because I just love them so very, very much. And nice. Um, so check that out. What do you, you know, got? I was gonna call. I'm gonna call Audible. I originally was gonna play um, a couple different. I've been listening to a bunch of reggae. Of course. And this What's is one this? of my favorite classic. The Congo's Roll Fisherman Row. Oh, you love this song. Anyway, that's a, a classic. And then, but Chronix has a new Edwin song. Edouard Tess, Yellow Kid, No Way Marogay. I love Chronix. Come, come, hurry! This is Chronix, uh, Sell My Gun, and it's uh, about a month old. It came out in December. Sorry, that's uh, his latest chronic something again. But I really thought uh, right now is about the time everyone's getting their IRS. You get your statements, oh, your ten ninety nine. Angie, huh? Yeah. How'd this you know? Sick. How'd you know those plans? It's IRS. 
That's uh, Angie Fisher, IRS, and she was nominated for a Grammy last year. Uh, and the Grammys just got announced again, I think, recently, yes, or soon? Yeah, soon. Uh, or so I think it was, it ju- it's announced. It's com- like they're going to actually happen. Okay. And Kendrick then, released this amazing um, video for... Um, well, I, uh, I have one more since I, I, can't, I can't let you go without being very white guy, at least a little bit. Okay. And we got uh, Valentine's Day around the corner. Come on. Dang, how much of an intro you got on this? It's actually a super. I should say TZ. I apologize, Jeff Tyson, guitarist for uh, T Ride, was a band that uh, they didn't quite catch on. That's uh, terrible. In the middle of the 90s, like prog rock metal. Yeah, that's terrible. You know. <laughs> I said I had to give you at least one very white guy, dude. Compton. This is all done with Compton. Looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate Popo. Wanna kill us dead in the streets for show? I'm at the preacher's door. My knees getting weak. And my gun might blow. But we gonna be all right. We gonna be all right. We gonna be all right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gonna be all right. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. And how must I be looking at you from the face down? With the Mac 11 and the boom and the bass down. Scheming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in the twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin as the highlight. They tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them are shady. Tell them all to come to get me. Reaping everything I sold, so my karma come in heaven. No preliminary hearings on my record. Some motherfucking gangster. Silence for the record, huh? Who made it? 
Who made that? You'll see. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Hey, hey! Uh, whenever wherever greatness begins, it ends here. The Grammys. It's actually Kendrick's Grammy commercial. It's fucking ridiculous. It's so good. And, who, and so they edited. It's just fucking people in Compton, like literally. Nice. It's beautiful. That reminds me of. Uh, have you ever heard of "Through You" by Kutiman? I don't think so. Maybe he, he did like. a. Um, let's see. I can get one. Uh, Are you putting all these links in here so people can get this music if they want to? Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. How do I play this? Play. Come on. Maybe it doesn't play anymore. Maybe the rights are worn out or something. Maybe. Could be. He did a, uh, a whole album. Is it like a, I guess a DJ or something? But he did an album of, of YouTube clips and he mixed them all together to make music. But I can't play it. That's a bummer. Hmm. Oh, well, another day. One other thing I'll mention to folks is that um, if, if you, those of you, I'm sure lots of you listen to the read, but Kid Fury um, did uh, Furious Thoughts Live in New York City about two weeks ago, and it's available on YouTube right now. You can watch the whole hour plus show. It's fucking split side hilarious. It's so funny. I'll put a link in the show notes because it's just that dude is I know he's a big deal now, but he's going to be like really like honestly, this thing is brilliant. His his entire like the way he set it up, all the stories he told, it's just really really funny, and so I suggest people check that out too. He's a funny motherfucker. Oh my god, he's so funny. Like seriously, like really goddamn funny. I'm trying to play this on one. Maybe it was my. Maybe I have a bad driver on. I do. I'm missing a driver on my fucking. So like. They're all like samples of YouTube videos he makes together. To make the music? Yeah. And then he's got the videos of everything he sampled. All clipped together. That's yeah. cool. It's Put the link cool. in for that so people can check it out. All right. But um, that's our little music segment for this week. We'll, I don't know if we'll do it every week, but we'll do it. I think when we're by ourselves, we can do it. It'll be cool. Yeah. Um, I like music. Music's yeah. a big part of you and my life. Oh, yeah, for sure. We love music. It's great. Um, so I did want to go through this article I saw called Relationship Goals, Why We Are Swooning Over the Way Papoose Loves Remy Ma. Oh, okay. I'm here for that. Uh, for those who don't know, Love and Hip Hop uh, New York is on right now, and Remy Ma is out of jail, and she's on the show with her her uh, husband, Papoose, which I just love. So it just takes you through like all the different uh, reasons why. Uh, look up Ride or Die in the Dictionary, and this picture will pl- pop up. It's two of them with black love hats on. Um, he posted the other day, bad memories from when Rem was locked up. All we had was each other. It's clearly like they're in the yard, like he went to visit her. Um mm-hmm. He also put, uh, Papoose went from holding Remy down to holding her up. Now that she's out, she's like sitting on his shoulders. Um, Then there was this fucking cipher. I'm going to just play it right quick because it's ridiculous. 
This from the BET Awards? Yeah. Take the garbage outside. Why garbage outside? When you tell me what to do, that sh** bother my pride. You need to listen to your wife, honor your bride, take the pee out of pride and just ride. Why you don't cook every night? I cook on the weekdays, I'm living my life. My mother cooked every day growing up in my house. I'm not your damn mother. Better watch your mouth. We can't let this loving hip-hop sh** ruin us. The mother couples out here fronting ain't true as us. And when we pop on them, they gonna be suing us. Send them to the voicemail, they can't get through to us. My eyes not closed cause the way that I'm rhyming, see? Why? It's because your new wedding ring is blinding me. <laughs> it's okay, baby boy. I'll let you shine with me. Give you a record deal. But I wanna find this fiend. See, I'm riding the <laughs> dying. I'm Bonnie. You Clyde to me. We the new Marv Deep. Havocate prodigy. Like Ray and Ghost, I got the Wallabies. Criminology, do a crime with me. I'ma love you until you sick and tired of me. My finger on the trigger, that's trigonometry. But you be acting like my PO, why you be locking me? The truth shall set you free, don't ever lie to me. When it comes to family, I'ma speak honestly. I don't take sides. You better side with me. And why you be leaving boxes on the bathroom floor? Why you keep hanging your bra on the bathroom door? Neat freak. Mama's boy. You're getting fat. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> they're so awesome. I just love those two. I do dig them. Anyways, they're really cool. Of course, he got ink, and they just got married again, which is going to be on the show. They just are always about each other, and it's beautiful. It is nice. I did watching them work through some of the their family stuff, like with... Uh, like, it's like, he's like so into her, yeah. and she's so... I. You could just really tell that this yeah. isn't some like made up bullshit. Like I don't know, it's cool. It's nice. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, there's, but I think if I'm hearing you correctly, there isn't. Uh, there are not an awful lot of depictions of black love, real black love, uh, on TV. Period. Yeah, I mean, fictional so and otherwise. You, know, just, you, you, you see, say that all the time. It's you see always black like women with a white couples man. Yeah. all the time. I mean, and obviously we're an interracial couple. It's interracial John, but I think it's really important to have black love out there, and not just black love, romantic love, but black love generally speaking. You know, so that um, we can change this perception of us as a people because it's the the perception is not truth and so it's really important that we showcase the love we have for each other because um, truthfully it's all we've had mm-hmm. literally it's all we've had mm. so um yeah so i feel really strongly about that so one thing that came across i'm gonna give a quick shout out to asia um for this she she brought it up to me was it in uh the 70s there was a Car- Superman cartoon, Lois Lane cartoon, where Lois Lane got made black for a day. What? Mm-hmm. A cartoon in the seventies? Oh yes. Did the like black like me or white like you? No, like, no, no. It- they yeah, they like put her in a machine and she became black for a day. So okay. Um, and what and what entailed? Yeah. So uh, as the story goes, Lois attempts to speak to black people on the black side of town, but no one will speak to her because she's white. She figures, hey, if I was black, I'd be able to report on the black community because they trust me more. So her lover, Superman, puts her in a machine and voila, she's colored for 24 hours. Things are great for Lois until she leaves her house and realizes that people are treating her differently because of her skin color. The comic is uh, from Lois Lane 109. It was written by a white guy, Robert Koeninger, um, who probably fantasized what it would be like to spend a day black himself because, I mean, who wouldn't, uh, you know, go through racism and all? Well, Ho- Lois handles it. Check her out. So uh, I'll put the link to as well. Um, but it's like, I'm curious. Black. 
um, this is not an imaginary dream. So she goes through all this different stuff that she gets to. People are like turning their backs on her and she realizes um, that, you know, she needs to act differently because white people are like making her feel bad. She says, yet I'm the same person I was before. Only my skin is black. Mm-hmm. That's a quote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you know, I'll say the problem because this is a cartoon. Yes. But in real life, Fox did a TV show where they had a white couple and a black couple and they did literally blackface for the white couple. And then they put them in like a fucking, I don't know, some sort of like, was it like a product thing? They put them in a room with a bunch of other black people talking about shit. Right. And this one, the woman was bad enough. The man half of the fucking, the white dude, right. as soon as he was in quote unquote blackface in a room full of black people, just couldn't wait to start dropping the N-bomb. Like literally was waiting his whole fucking life to be able to say the N-word with like, I guess impunity. Like literally, like made up some story about how he was fucking, people threw the N-word at him when he was just walking around. It was just disgusting. Like that's, like the, like the cartoon is like Lois goes black for a day is like, oh my god, this is crazy. It's so bad. Just my sin. The reality is, goes black for a day like ah, oh, I can use the N word. Mm-hmm. But it's hilarious because what happens as a, a man that had like basically not trusted her when she was a white person um, trusts her more. They have like a, an interaction, and he gets hurt, and she kind of helps you know get him to safety and stuff. And um, they say. She says to Superman, look me straight in the eye and tell me the truth. Do you love me? Suppose I couldn't change back. Would you marry me even if I'm black, an outsider in a white man's world? And she, Superman's like, you asked that of me, Superman, an alien from Krypton, another planet, another universe. I don't even have human skin. It's tougher than steel. But your skin is the right color, she says. You don't, you know, I couldn't risk placing you in deadly danger from my foes. They try to hurt me by killing you. I've heard that song before, Superman. Do you always have to play the same broken record when I mention marriage? Listen. Uh, but before they can say another word, she actually changes back to white because it didn't last. It wasn't like a forever thing. And this is where I have, I, I you can tell a white person wrote it because then um, the nurse comes in and says, oh, um, the, the patient's been asking for, oh my God, what happened to you? Like, you were black a minute ago, now you're white. She goes, yeah, it's me. And so she says to Superman, he called me whitey, his enemy. What, what will he say now? Because now she's back to white. And Superman says, you must see him, Lois, or you'll never find out. This is the part that's so like white. If he still hates you with your blood in his veins, because I got a transfusion, then they're never... There may never be peace in this world. If they can't see that we're all the the human race, if the black person can't see that we're all blood red on the inside, (laughs) we're all the human race. Can't we get? And of course, he like Caesar. He has a realization. He ended with the comic "All Lives Matter," and then the end (laughs) has the white guy, the uh, Lois, and the black guy like handshaking with their white hand and black hand. Damn. She has on a dash. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. You can just tell because the MacGuffin is black people got to fucking accept white yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Of That's course. the MacGuffin. She taught him that by <laughs> she turning taught black. Him, she taught him. <laughs> I'm out. I'm just out. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'll put and the you know link. You we had the, the title of an episode that was blackface is never appropriate. <laughs> I might have to put a little like an asterisk. asterisk? Like, blackface is never appropriate unless you're going to solve racial harmony by <laughs> white splaining fucking how to get along. <laughs> In that case, totally go blackface in the oh cartoon. Oh, my God. Okay. Just do it. Just do well, it. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show again. <laughs> um, 
You can uh, find us. We're not talk about any TVs and movies or nothing? No, because this is the end of the show. That, that, that low, we'll end with Lois. <laughs> I can't. I can't do any more today. I'm done. I'm done. Um, let's see. Oh, so Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, you can catch us um, on Periscope. You can just follow um, on Twitter at Interracial John, J-A-W-N. Uh, we'll be cooking pizza chicken or a, a version of pizza, pizza chicken and you can find the ingredients um, we'll have the link on the show notes and you can also find them on interracialjohn.com uh, you can cook, see us on the you can GoPro cook with Vision. us you'll see us on GoPro Vision so that's Tuesday the 2nd at 7pm Eastern and then this Wednesday we'll have Think Pretty Smart from Whiskey Wine and Moonshine on and apologize to Think Pretty Smart we had to postpone you for a week she, uh, she knows I know you were sick I, was, I couldn't talk I you can barely talk right now I'm about to Cough my face off in a minute. Mm. Uh, and anything else you need to tell the people? <laughs> no. You can follow me on Twitter at Leslie Mac M A C, and you can follow that dude at a very a white a guy. Good night, everybody. High five. <laughs>